This is our second session now on Ephesians 2, 19-22, and I mentioned last time that I wanted to devote an entire episode to who are the apostles and prophets, specifically, how are we to understand prophets alongside apostles as foundational for the household of God? So he's coming to a climax here. And the climax is, therefore, you, you Gentiles, are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. So we are members, we Gentiles are now in Christ as Christians, members of the household of God, referring back to the citizenship in the people of Israel the saved remnant of Israel, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. So, Father, as we try to understand how prophets, as well as apostles, are foundational for the church, show us, I pray, give us the spirit of wisdom and of revelation to discern what your Apostolic teaching is about these prophets. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So, are these prophets Old Testament prophets, New Testament prophets, or are they the apostles? Those are the three options. Wayne Grudem, good friend of mine, argues that apostles and prophets are one group. Apostles who are prophets. That would solve a lot of problems because it would focus all the foundational authority in one place, namely the apostles. And that may be right. And Wayne may be right. And you can think that through. You can look at his writings on that. Um, what gives me pause about that is, number one, it, it just is an odd way to say it. Apostles and prophets. And then in chapter 3, verses 4 and 5, you can perceive my insight into the mystery of Christ, which is not made known to the sons of men in other generations, as it has now been revealed to the holy apostles and prophets. There you get it again. So, in all likelihood, this is not Old Testament prophets. We, we would all mainly agree with that, because which has now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets, or as Wayne would say, holy, holy apostles who are prophets. And yet, in chapter 4, he says, he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, the teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. And here they seem to be quite distinct. So let me give you another view because I realize the problem if we say that prophets are part of the foundation, and yet prophets don't have in the New Testament the same authority as the apostles, then how are they foundational like the apostles? And that's what I want to show you. I don't think the prophets, as Paul understood them, do have the same authority as the apostles. Let me give you several reasons for why I don't think that's the case. Here's 1 Corinthians 14, 37 and 38. If anyone thinks that he's a prophet or spiritual, 
he should acknowledge that the things I am writing, I, Apostle Paul, am writing to you, are a command of the Lord. So, prophet, acknowledge my authority to teach the command of the Lord. If anyone does not recognize this, that is, did not recognize that I am teaching the very with the very authority of, of the Lord, he's not recognized. You couldn't ask for a clearer statement, could you, that prophets are beneath apostolic authority? The reason for that is that apostles are unique in that they have seen the risen Christ, the way Paul is thinking about them here. Am I not free? Am I not an apostle? Have I not seen Jesus? Our Lord, or 1 Corinthians 15, 8 and 9, last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared, he appeared also to me. Jesus appeared also to me after his resurrection, for I am the least of the apostles, unworthy to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church, but I am an apostle because I have seen the Lord and he has called and commissioned me to be an apostle. Here's another reason why it looks like apostolic authority is different from prophetic authority. 1 Corinthians 12, 28 over to 14, 1. God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, and so on. Verse 31, but earnestly desire the higher gifts, not the ones mentioned here, but the higher gifts, which you would say, well, I guess that's apostles and prophets and teachers. And then he puts in here verse, I mean, uh, chapter 13. And now when he gets to chapter 14, he says, pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially, so he's just said here, earnestly desire the higher gifts. And the first ones he mentioned are these three. And now he says, earnestly desire the the spiritual gifts, especially that you may, and he does not say, become an apostle or have the the authority of an apostle. Paul would never, it seems, recommend to all the members of the church that they aspire to apostleship. Apostleship is unique. He has seen the Lord. So he goes to the next one and says, especially that you may prophesy. So prophecy is very distinct from apostleship and is in a lower authority. Here's another example. 1 Corinthians 12, 7 and 10. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the Spirit the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, the ability to distinguish between spirits. To another, various kinds of tongues. To another, interpretation of tongues. So you get tongues and then somebody to interpret you get prophecy, and remarkably, somebody to distinguish the spirits. To understand that, this would help. First John 4, 1. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. So, in order to discern true and false prophecy, you test the spirits. And Paul is saying here in 1 Corinthians 12, 10, 
there is a gift of prophecy, and alongside it, there is a gift called the ability to distinguish between spirits of prophets. I don't think Paul would ever say that about apostleship. There are apostles, that's one gift, and then there's another gift to try to discern apostleship. Apostles are the final authority, whereas prophecy, in some sense, is going to be regulated by others in the church who have the discernment of spirits. So where does that leave us? Go back here to the text. The church is built, the household of God is built on a foundation. The cornerstone of that foundation is is Jesus Christ himself. Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone. Because the teaching of the apostles and prophets has Jesus Christ at the center of that teaching. And the apostles are the ones who are receiving revelation. But so are the prophets. You see that here in 3.5. Has now been revealed to the holy apostles and prophets. So revelation is coming to prophets. And revelation is coming to apostles. And yet we've seen apostleship three or four times we've seen that it is superior and decisive in authority over the speaking of prophets. So I'm trying to thread a needle here, as you can see. Here's my effort. How are the prophets a foundation for the church along with apostles when there is such a distinction in authority between an apostle and a prophet? So how does this work? And here's my attempt as an alternative alongside Wayne Grudem's suggestion, which also solves the problem. This is my effort to solve the problem. These prophets are recipients of revelatory insight. That's one statement we can make because of Ephesians 3.5, which is secondary to the apostles' authority. Secondary. That's another statement we can make because of 1 Corinthians 14.38, and which is nevertheless foundational for the church because of chapter 2, verse 20, implying that their function at this foundational level of authority is not an ongoing function when the apostolic deposit of truth is complete in the New Testament, leaving open that there may be other prophetic functions besides this one to be the recipients of revelatory insight that become foundational for the church as secondary and governed by the apostles. (laughs) You see the needle that I'm trying to thread. They are recipients of revelatory insight. They are secondary to the apostles and not on a par with the apostles. Yet they are, along with the apostles in this verse, foundational for the church. And since they are 
secondary to the apostles, once the apostles' authority is fixed in the written deposit called our New Testament, this foundational level of authority that the prophets were functioning with in that day does not go on in the church. You can't have foundations being provided every other week in the church if you're going to give any serious meaning to the word foundation. So, we have... Go back to the text. We have, as the church of God, a foundation. That foundation is the authoritative teaching of the apostles. And insofar as these prophets were receiving revelation along with the apostles, governed by the apostles, overseen by the apostles, they together were providing this authoritative teaching that is now our foundation in the New Testament with Jesus Christ himself as the center and cornerstone of that teaching.